Atitizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of August 13. This week in the news. While in Armenia, the Secretary General of the Collective Security Treaty Organization says that the situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border is a threat for the whole region. Ongoing provocations by the Azerbaijani military continue to intensify the situation on the borders. And for over a week now, many residents in Artsakh's capital have been left without water. Stanislav Zaz, the Secretary General of the Collective Security Treaty Organization, was in Armenia this week to hold talks with the country's political and military leadership. Obviously, the situation on Armenia-Azerbaijani state border was the main question discussed in all of those meetings. Speaking about the CSTO's response to the border crisis, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan noted that it is the first time that the organization has encountered such a situation and that it should be used to improve the effectiveness of CSTO's response mechanisms. It's important for us to find political solutions to the existing issues, and there are all the opportunities for that, he added. Pashinyan also spoke about the demarcation and delimitation of the new state borderline with Azerbaijan once the necessary preconditions are in place. Defense Minister Ashak Garabedian also met with Zaz and noted that the Armenian side was expecting the Secretary General's visit back in May when Azerbaijani forces infiltrated into Armenia's sovereign territory. Garabedian said that although Armenia wants peace, it will not put up with actions that can violate the country's state borders. He went on to say that Armenia's patience has its limits and that in the absence of a peaceful resolution of the situation on the border, the country will resort to its right to resolve the issue by force. The country will resort to its right to resolve the issue by force. The defense minister expressed regret that the decision-making and response mechanisms within the CSDO do not correspond to the current demands and that during its presidency, Armenia will focus on improving the organization's efficiency. Similar questions were discussed during the meeting with the acting foreign minister, Armen Grigorian, who briefed the secretary general about the situation following the incursion of Azerbaijani armed forces in Sunik and Gerakunik regions, as well as provocations near the border with Nakhichevan. The two further discussed the need for de-escalation of the situation and a comprehensive settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict under the auspices of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs. Speaking about Armenia's upcoming presidency in CSTO, Grigorian also stressed that increasing the organization's efficiency will be among Armenia's priorities. The Secretary General briefly spoke with reporters during his visit to one of the military units in the Ararat region. Saz noted that the situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border is a threat for the whole region and that CSTO is seriously concerned about the recent clashes. He went on to explain that the situation on the border complicates the implementation of the agreements reached between the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia to end the nagorno karabakh conflict and establish peace in the region. However, Zaz believes that opportunities for a political settlement are not exhausted and that it is necessary to continue working in that direction. And just uh, sort of as some background, the trilateral working group that was formed to work on the reopening of all transport links in the region had its last meeting back in April of this year and negotiations were stopped because of that very situation on the border. And during this week's cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Pashinyan stressed that Armenia is ready to re-engage in the negotiation process at the highest level and is waiting for concrete proposals. He noted that in order to ensure the peaceful development of Armenia, Artsakh, and the region, his government is willing to be as active and as flexible as possible. The Prime Minister went on to speak about the need to resume negotiations of the trilateral working group chaired by the Deputy 
prime ministers of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia, and be more proactive in terms of implementing new communication and economic opportunities in the region. Speaking about the expected reforms in the armed forces and how it is being misrepresented, Pashinyan explained that the goal is not to provoke an aggression or pursue an aggressive policy towards neighboring countries, but rather to be able to defend the country from a possible one. We have no intention of conquering territories. Our intention is to protect our sovereignty and territorial integrity, Pashinyan said. The Prime Minister also spoke about the situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijani border and said that an international monitoring mechanism is required in order to identify which of the two sides initiates the ceasefire violations and provokes the situation. According to Pashinyan, it should be either a CSTO observation mission or, alternatively, one mandated by the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairs. On August 10, a day after the meeting with the Secretary General of the CSTO, Defense Minister Garabedian traveled to Moscow on a working visit. This was Garabedian's first foreign trip as the Defense Minister, and he was invited by his Russian counterpart, uh, Sergei Shoigu. Garabedian reaffirmed his statements made during the meeting with CSTO Secretary General and stressed that Armenia remains committed to the establishment of lasting peace in the region, but at the same time, it will not tolerate the occupation of its border region and will take all necessary steps to restore its territorial integrity. The defense minister also spoke about the provocation of Azerbaijani forces and regular ceasefire violations along the border with Artsakh. Shoigu noted that the Russian defense ministry is ready to support the modernization and reform of the Armenian armed forces. He also noted that the Russian 102nd military base in Armenia is well-equipped and is a security guarantor. Shoigu went on to stress that Armenia is Russia's key ally in ensuring security in the Caucasus and that they are interested in maintaining stability in the region. Speaking about the situation in the border regions of Armenia, Shoigu assured that Russia will make every effort to resolve them peacefully. And about the situation on the border regions of Armenia and Artsakh, over the past week, several instances of Azerbaijani provocations were registered in different parts of the Armenia-Azerbaijani border. On August 6, Azerbaijani armed forces opened fire on Armenian positions in the Yerasqh section of the border, as a result of which the grassland between the border was uh, caught on fire. A day later, on August 7, Azerbaijani forces opened fire in the direction of Armenian positions near the Sunik region, Black Lake in particular. On August 9, Azerbaijani forces once again violated the ceasefire regime in the southwestern section of the border near the Shosh Mkhitarashen communities. On August 11, an Azerbaijani combat drone was launched in the direction of defense army positions in Artsakh on the same day. Azerbaijani troops also started firing on Armenian positions on the Yeras section of the Armenia Nakhichevan border. And just yesterday, on August 12, Azerbaijani units tried to cross the line of contact between. Artsakh and Azerbaijan in the west, but they were pushed back to their initial positions. The command of the Russian peacekeeping mission was immediately informed about these provocations. The Armenian side did not suffer any casualties. And Armenia's defense ministry just today issued a statement regarding Azerbaijani claims that the Artsakh Defense Army units fired at Azerbaijani military positions, including a position near Shushi, and that uh, this communication does not correspond to the reality. The statement went on to say that Azerbaijan is preparing grounds for future provocations and that the defense army units continue adhering to the ceasefire and only take military actions in response to Azerbaijani provocations. 
In the meantime, Armenia's ombudsman, Armin Tatoyan, said that he uh, is regularly receiving reports from uh, residents of border villages, Kerarkunik and Sunik regions, that Azerbaijani uh, soldiers are firing while intoxicated and committing acts of hooliganism. Another interesting development uh, over the last several weeks, Russian border guards have been deployed to Voskebar, a section of the Armenia-Azerbaijan border in the northern Davush region. This is the first time ever that Russian uh, border troops have been stationed there. We know that you know, since independence or following the first Kharapakh war, we've had Russian border troops on our border with Turkey um, and Iran, and now obviously with Azerbaijan in Sunik and Kherarkin. But this is now a very interesting development that, and just as a reminder, a year ago there were clashes in the Davos region in July of 2020. So it is a very, very tense situation still. And Armenia will take part in the inviolable Brotherhood 2021 military exercises of CSTO peacekeeping forces, which will be held in Kazan in November of this year. It is expected that over 800 officers from six countries, including Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, and Tajikistan, will participate in the exercises. On August 9, the Russian 102nd military base in Gyumri also started military exercises as part of the larger exercises that are being conducted in Russian military bases stationed in Armenia, Abkhazia, and South Ossetia. The exercises will last until September 15 and are aimed at improving the tactical operational skills of units there. And there's one more military exercise planned, and it is expected that between August 25 and November 25, those citizens of Armenia who are part of the reserve forces will take part in military training exercises. The decision aims to improve the military capabilities of reservists and involve them in combat duty if necessary. Over 2,160 citizens will be involved in the training. Three sappers from Artsakh's Humanitarian Center for Demining were wounded in an explosion in the Marduni region of Artsakh. Preliminary investigation suggests it was a cluster munition. All three were transferred to hospital. Two are in stable condition. One remains in stable but critical condition. And on August 2, the National Assembly held its first session. The Speaker of Parliament is Alain Simonian, Ruben Rubinian, and Jacob Ashakian from the ruling Civil Contract Party were elected deputy speakers. Ishkhan Sagatelian from the Opposition Armenia Alliance was elected to the post of the third deputy speaker, while Article 104 of the Constitution requires one of the deputy speakers to be elected from among the opposition factions. The heads of parliamentary standing committees also have been approved. Three out of the 12 will be headed by MPs from Armenia Alliance, while remaining nine by members of civil contract. The ones that will be headed by the opposition include the standing committees on economic affairs, regional and Eurasian integration, and human rights and public affairs. And the week, of course, was not without a fair amount of scenes in the National Assembly. Anna Makarchian from the Honored Alliance was asked by the Speaker of the Parliament, uh, Alain Simonian, to leave the Parliament floor after she addressed the Prime Minister as Nicole and Capitulator, which is something the opposition has been calling Nicole Pashinyan since November 9. Anna Makarchian's mic was turned off and she was asked to leave the gallery for the day. She left some members of her faction followed. Also, later, the deputy speaker, Ishkhan Sagatelian, criticized Simonian's move, saying that capitulator, or the one who handed over lands, which is in Armenian, Hogatu, are not personal insults, but rather political statements. This also further provoked the situation in parliament, and MPs from the ruling faction and the opposition factions started trading insults. Eventually, Simonian asked the security forces to establish order, demanding to stop the live stream, after which 
which journalists were ordered to leave the gallery from where they usually follow the sessions. And this has since become a growing concern regarding journalistic access to parliament. The two parliamentary opposition forces, the Armenia Alliance and I'm Honored Faction, filed a complaint to the Constitutional Court challenging the constitutionality of the decision to appoint Alan Simonian to the post of the Speaker of Parliament. Ara Vartevanian, who is a member of Parliament and part of the Armenia Alliance faction, who was also second president of Robert Kocharian's lawyer over the past three years, will be the representative of both factions in the High Court. Earlier, the Armenia Alliance also announced that it plans to apply to the Constitutional Court to challenge the detention of two of its deputies, Mkhitar Zakarian, the former head of the town of Mehri, and Artur Sarkisian, the former head of Sisian. Both were elected to Parliament as part of the newly formed Armenia Alliance, but were charged with abuse of official power and forgery before they could uh, take their seats on August 2. And speaking of the constitutional courts, the government will need to pay 16.9 million Armenian drum to a former judge of the court, Alvina Gulumian, within the next nine months. The Court of Cassation partially upheld Gulumian's appeal and required the High Court to pay a 602,000 Armenian drum monthly bonus to the former judge for the period lasting from 2018 until 2018. 20. Since the Constitutional Court is unable to make the payment, the President of the High Court requested the Prime Minister to allocate the mentioned sum from the government's reserve funds. And as a reminder, Gulumian retired from the High Court after the 2020 constitutional amendments came into effect, according to which all judges who had served 12 years or more should have retired. The changes affected three judges, including Gulumian, Felix Tokian, and Tarant Nazarian. According to a new government decision, all those employed hiring former soldiers, servicemen who were disabled during active combat, not just during the 2020 Artsakh war, will receive financial support from the government. It is expected that the assistance will be provided for a maximum of one year in the amount of an employee's income tax for a maximum of 100,000 Armenian dirham. If it's necessary to adjust the workplace to accommodate the needs of the soldiers, such as installing ramps, the government will also allocate a one-time compensation to the employer for a maximum of 500,000 Armenian dirham. And family members of POWs who eight months after the war continued to remain in Azerbaijani captivity held a peaceful protest in front of the government building, demonstrators demanding clarifications from the prime minister regarding the fate of Armenian captives and wanted to know about the steps being taken to return the POWs home. Since the signing of the November 9 agreement, 104 POWs and civilian captives were repatriated to Armenia and more still remain in Azerbaijani captivity. Corruption charges were brought against Vartan Hugasian, the former mayor of Gyumri. He was mayor between 1999 to 2012. Uh, he is accused of forging documents to illegally sell dozens of plots of municipal land, including parts of Gyumri Central Park and a historical building. The former mayor denied the charges as politically motivated. The investigation is ongoing and Hugasian uh, is not allowed to leave the country. Armenia's president, Armen Sarkisian, signed an order relieving Armen Sambatian, Armenia's ambassador to Israel, from his duties. And as a reminder, during the 44-day war, the foreign minister recalled Sambatian for consultations over Israel's supplies to Azerbaijan. Sambatian has been the ambassador since 2018. In other news, renovation of Gimri's Shirak Airport, which is the second largest civilian airport in Armenia after Zavartnots, will be completed by September 15. Over 7.5 million U.S. dollars have been invested into the reconstruction by the Armenia International Airport Company, which is owned by Argentinian-Armenian businessman Eduardo Ernekian. It is expected that passenger capacity will almost triple after the reconstruction. 
from the current 250,000 to over 700,000 each year. As a reminder, before you know our lives were disrupted by COVID-19, Ryanair launched new flight routes from Gimri to Greece and Germany, which were suspended because of that pandemic. And speaking of low-cost airlines, starting from August 6th, Eurowings will be launching flights from the city of Köln in Germany to Yerevan. The tickets will start from 129 euros. And this week, Vahank Yeropian, the Minister of Economy, had a meeting with representatives of German Lufthansa. Airline, during the meeting, the possibility of establishing a Lufthansa hub in Gyumri was discussed. Representatives of the carrier noted that Armenia is an attractive destination for German tourists and that they are interested in bringing more tourists to the country and are also willing to cooperate in implementing marketing campaigns. And this news comes right after we concluded our magazine issue this month on water. And we had this comprehensive piece about Lake Sevan also, other than everything else that we had. Well, the news is that the Armenian government will release 245 million cubic meters of water from Lake Sevan for irrigation purposes, which is 75 million cubic meters more from the initially approved 170 million cubic meters that was supposed to be released. The proposed bill states that because of extreme weather conditions, the water flow in Marmarik, Razdan, Ghazakh, and Azad rivers has sharply decreased, and in order to meet the demand, water from the reservoirs and Lake Sevan started being used earlier than planned. And the lack of water supply is a major issue uh, in Artsakh. Um, Stepanager, the capital of Artsakh, many residents of the capital have been without water for a week now because, again, of hot weather conditions. Water shortages were observed in some of the river basins that supply water to the capital. Water supply still remains disrupted in some of the districts. The mayor of Stepanager, David Sarkisian, issued an ordinance to terminate water use in all car washes and recreational areas in Stepanagert until water resources are restored. And as of August 9, approximately 195,000 people were vaccinated across Armenia. 132,529 received their first shots only, while the remaining 62,373 are fully vaccinated. Maria, I know you're going to add to this number very soon. I am soon. tomorrow. Tomorrow. During this week's cabinet meeting, Health Minister Anahit Avanesian announced that teachers, lecturers, employees of state and local self-government bodies those working in the bars, cafes, restaurants who refuse to get vaccinated will be required to take a PCR test twice a month. The minister explained that this is a precautionary measure as the country expects the fourth wave of COVID-19 soon. According to the latest updates, there are 5,805 active cases in the country. Yeah, and today alone there were about 379 new cases. We do have the Delta variant in the country and people are still wary of taking of getting the vaccination and I'm actually I'm really happy about this decision to make people you know take the PCR test twice a month hopefully it will encourage them to go and get vaccinated and we can try and end on a positive note the Tokyo Summer Olympics have officially come to an end Armenia was represented by 17 athletes and won a total of four medals Artur Alexanian and weightlifter Simon Martirosian both won silver gymnast Artur Davtian and boxer Hovannes Bachkov both won bronze medals so congratulations to them. It's an accomplishment taking into consideration the conditions under which they train, the conditions of the country, post-war, everything that's been going on, that these athletes have maintained that level of professionalism and strength. So, And they said next time we'll bring in gold. And we'll wait for that. And on that note, thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and we will be back again next Friday.